So what I would say to a lot of people is like, man, when you're going through a trouble and, and whether it's self-indulgence or, or whatever, uh, don't be afraid to reach out because there's blessing in that, not only to yourself, but to others. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the No Greater Joy podcast brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church because we want for our people what God wants for his people, what Jesus wants for his people, and that's to know greater joy. And we know greater joy by stepping into the areas of no greater joy in what we call being a 24-7 worshiper, a go person, and an alongsider. Happy to be with you. My name is Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace. Across the table, my partner in crime. Uh, Associate Pastor Ryan Atkins. And huge thanks once again, Dan Kraniak, our tech genius member here at Grace and producer of this podcast. And we've been recording uh, a number of kind of bonus episodes and trying to encourage our people to be able to share their uh, salvation testimony or what we've kind of called our gospel collision stories. And it's been a blessing. And we're happy to have another guest, uh, and Mr. Brian Reed, a member here at Grace Baptist Church. Brian, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So introduce Brian Reed. Tell us who you are, man. Yeah, so um, Brian Reed, been attending Grace Baptist Church since September of 2010. Uh, kind of funny story there. I was looking for a different church, actually. <laughs> Couldn't find it and uh, drove by. The sign said church started at, I think, 1030. Um, it was like 1027. Uh, decided to pull in the in the driveway. And as I walked in, met a gentleman by the name of Scott Tyson. He asked me, Hey, where are you from? I said, Norwalk, Ohio. He said, me too. And so just kind of had a unique connection there. And then kind of similarly with my kind of my coming to Christ, uh, the tradition, uh, you know, Grace Baptist was similar to the church I was attending in Norwalk, uh, which was kind of a a place uh, in between college and and my professional career, which... And you had just graduated, I think, right? Just graduated, yep. And so I... um, I had moved to Westlake. I had uh, siblings. Uh, my sister lived in Bay Village and um, was starting work in downtown Cleveland. And so Westlake was a good option to live and um, kind of as part of God's plan. Uh, you know, you plan yourself, but really you could see God's provision of providing a church uh, for me. Um, and yeah, so I've been here ever since. Cool. And where do you live right now? Still live in Westlake, right? Currently live in Westlake. Uh, work, work at Westlake here at Westside Christian Academy, yeah. where I oversee the business office. So um, kind of neat to think. I've been here since 2010 and was just thinking the other day, you know, grew up in Norwalk, Ohio. Technically wasn't born there. was born in Texas. My parents moved back to Ohio when I was around one and a half. But, you know, I've been in Westlake nearly as long as I was in Norwalk, mm-hmm. the, the town I call home. So uh, kind of interesting uh, to think through that and kind of where God has you and, uh, you know, kind of where a lot, you spend a lot of your time and working through things, you know? Yep. It's kind of the same. Sarah and I were talking about this, or we talk about it often. It's like we've lived in, uh, of course, we were here in Westlake, but now North Olmstead, but Cleveland area for 24 years, and that's the longest we've ever lived anywhere, in, uh, anywhere else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it is kind of cool to wrap your head around that. So. Yeah. Uh, well, Brian, your church family loves you, and I appreciate you uh, being willing to share this. And tell us when you give us the, the Cliff Notes version, maybe, of just how you came to know Christ, and then we'll just kind of branch off and talk a little bit about, about that a little more deeper. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I I did not come from a church family, if you say. So uh, we did not go to church regularly over on on the weekends. Um, 
I remember times when I was younger, there was like a VBS at a local Baptist church who my brother was friends with the pastor. Uh, my brother's friend, his dad was the pastor there. So I remember going to VBS, remember getting ice cream, remember enjoying it. Um, kind of grew up in a household where like morals was very important, you know, phrases like a man is only good as good as his word, you know, things like that. Don't lie. Um, you know, God was not something that we was against per se. There was an understanding and an assumption there was a God, but from a, um, from a kind of orthodoxy standpoint, um, I can't say I really understood the gospel, you know, coming out of my home. Uh, my parents, I believe had some church background there, uh, when they first got married uh, a few years into their marriage. Um, definitely there was no anti-God by any means, uh, there, but, um, the kind of my introduction to church life, uh, started, um, sort of when I was in college. And so, um, as you asked me to kind of look through some of the questions and, and what the gospel collision collision looks like in my life, you know, I was thinking through God's blessing of keeping things out of my life, you know, at the time. And so really my gospel collision, uh, culminated in college, uh, my junior year, uh, Steve and I, you know, you think about your, your story and how deep you want to go and how much you want people to know. And there's always a time and a place to give, you know, nitty gritty details. Uh, but really mine kind of came through a timing of family breakdown. Uh, parents weren't doing well. Um, I'd originally gone to college to play soccer, um, wasn't playing soccer and, there was a culmination of kind of an identity crisis, kind of mental health issues, and just this kind of burden that I couldn't solve on my own. Um, you know, on the outside, what I would like to think, likable guy, good grades, athletic, but really an emptiness. Um, and I think the Lord was using, um, as he does with us all, our, my brokenness to really point him to him. And so when I look back at college and people say, oh, where'd you go to college? I went to Finley, Finley to play soccer. Um, really, the Lord was actually providing a church family for me at that time. And so you're going to Finley to get saved. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so um, not kind of pointing back to this idea of church and not growing up in the church, there were um, influential people in my life that, again, didn't necessarily invite me to church, but there was um, a lot of people in my family, extended family, who were believers. And so there was a Christian theme throughout a lot of the relationships there. Um, when I was in high school, my mom started going to a Bible study. Uh, my soccer coach, um, actually, Ryan, you know, Bob mm -hmm. Kalman, yep. he was a pastor at um, Calvary Baptist in Norwalk, which I believe is a member church of the... Yeah, we're in fellowship with yep. them. Yeah. So um, she was going to a Bible study um, at the time and um, was, again, we weren't having deep conversations about anything, but there was sort of a an influence of Jesus, if you will, in our family, but nothing direct. And actually, I would say to anybody listening... Um, that's not good, actually. Um, you know, as as you're, I kind of look to my father, who I love dearly. He's him, him, and my mother, my you know most favorite people. Uh, no comparison, but um, gently critiquing him and and his responsibility to lead in certain areas. 
um, that's an area that him and I have kind of talked through and, and, you know, recognize, um, kind of some gaps there, but the Lord and what's awesome is, you know, thankfully, cause none of us deserve his grace, but thankfully it did not require a certain pedigree of passing down of generational information of, of faith, which is a beautiful thing. It's what it's, it's wonderful when you see it through families, um, I'm often envious of it, of you seeing generations of generations serving the Lord. But thankfully, um, in his goodness, uh, he pursued me uh, in spite of those things. And so, as I mentioned previously, kind of going through stress and and control issues and, you know, what am I going to do with my life and, and those kind of big questions and not really knowing or not really having a foundation on those things, I actually began... Um, going to a, a psychologist on campus and kind of a funny story there is um, looking back it's it says it was it was a um, I think the article was like do you have test anxiety but I read it as like we want to test you if you have anxiety kind of a thing <laughs> yeah. and so uh, I'm like do you have to take a test <laughs> to test if you have anxiety right. for testing? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just like, in anxiety or whatever you want to call it, because, um, again, labels are real tricky, but it's something that is kind of a theme throughout my life, if you will. And um, I, I, But I showed up, and I was talking to this person, and then I realized, oh, this is for, like, test anxiety. And part of me was like, why do you have test anxiety? You just study for the test and take the test, you know? <laughs> um, but began talking with this woman who was very nice. And, and I say that only to say that ultimately she had actually communicated with me, Hey, I'm noticing these issues. And, and actually she had said, I would like you to talk to a doctor, actually go on medication. And again, this is not to talk in to that sensitive subject, but I remember responding. I'm like, I don't know if I've exhausted all of my issues. I think I need to go to church. And so what started there was a neat experience to where, um, where I went to school in Finley, uh, the campus is on the west side of Finley, uh, over um, off of 75, basically. And they had just put a Chipotle restaurant on the east side of the of the city. And it was a Saturday. I'll never forget. My buddy Jeff said, hey, do you want to go to Ch- Chipotle? I'm like, yeah, let's go. We're leaving Chipotle. And kind of at this time, I'm thinking not specifically at this time, but what's going on in my mind is I need to find a church to go to. I don't know what church I should go to. He says, hey, let's go to Chipotle. We go to Chipotle and we're driving back. He said, hey, I'm going to turn back down this road. They're building some houses I want to look at. Now, looking back, why does a 21-year-old kid care (laughs) about the houses they're being built? Um, He turns down this road and uh, it's I think it's County Road 232 is where he was going down. And there was a church there. It was Trinity Baptist Church. And I looked and I said to myself, I said, that's where I'm going. And uh, that was a Saturday. And I don't know if I went the next day. It was shortly thereafter I, I began going to this church. And mind you, um, I'm 21 years old, uh, kind of living the 21-year-old life, if you will. Um, and I walk into this uh, church having really no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I'm trying to sit as far as I can away from people. Um, I'm trying to not be noticed. 
Um, I don't even know if my bottom was touching the pew because <laughs> as soon as the service was over, I'm out, right? Um, yep. Not that I didn't want to be there, but I didn't know how to be there, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I didn't know, and I didn't even know why I was there. I just knew I had to keep going back. And so in the morning, I would get up early after you know being out late and uh, throw a tie on and, and, and scoot on over to the church and um, started this kind of progression of, of being around people who cared for me in a way that I'd really never experienced. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of Bill Van Hoos who kind of took me under his wing. I didn't realize it at the time, but would check in on me and ask me, you know, and, and um, there was another gentleman by the name of uh, Aaron Butler, who was a kind of a former Marine. And, you know, it's interesting. I, it's interesting how God places at that time, the people that can, I think, best communicate to you. And so remember unchurched, um, going to this place, um, not knowing exactly what I was looking for, but, um, needed someone to kind of, uh, translate things for me in a way that I could understand what was going on. And cause again, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and, uh, I remember laughing. I, I, and this was a, a Baptist church who had the Sunday morning service, the Sunday evening, um, within a few months, I mean, they had a revival at the time, which is kind of a part of my gospel collision as well. Um, but you know, they're singing songs about, I think they were singing, there is a fountain filled with blood and I'm like, what in the world are they <laughs> talking about? Into? <laughs> yeah. And is I would, one of those in Norwalk. I've never yeah. seen that. Yeah. So, um, so, and I can just remember, uh, I, the words, you know, I don't know why I'm going, but I, I have to keep going. Um, my mom, so I'd say my mom was pretty instrumental in kind of communicating to me, Hey, you need to pursue God. Um, I can remember a buddy of mine gave me, uh, like a CD, like it was like five CDs of a, like a life coach type thing. And, uh, I remember uh, it was my buddy Josh. who was my roommate. He's like, hey, this guy's been very helpful to me. You should listen to him. And I told my mom, hey, my buddy has this. I'm going to listen to this later. I can just remember her saying, absolutely not. That's offensive to God. You need to. And so, again, the Lord blesses you in the fact that, obviously, his sovereignty um, in his pursuit will not be stopped. But you just look at how many opportunities there could have been of delays of distractions of things and and again this kind of 21 year old kid who um fits in with a different crowd if you will um is being given this pull to go to a church and to sit with people who um i normally wouldn't congregate with and to hear his word preach his name was the pastor at the time was david schaefer uh, I remember I loved listening him, to him preach. I was excited um, every Sunday to hear him. My buddies would say, wait, you guys you guys do church twice on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the one, so I started attending 
that church, I believe it was around the end of February of 2008 or early March. A few weeks later, um, there was a, a revival at the church. Uh, I believe the gentleman's name was Kenny York. And so it was a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday thing, you know? And my roommates were just blown away. He's like, they're like, you go to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know? And, and I can't even explain it to him. I'm, I'm just passing on vocabulary terms I don't really understand, right? Oh, it's a revival. But, you know, I don't know. So, <laughs> but ultimately it culminated in, it was uh, April 13, 2008 is when I gave my heart to the Lord. Um, it was a, there was a, um, the, the words escaping me, but they called, they called you to the, the front. Like an, like altar, an altar call? call? There was an altar an call. An invitation or something. An invitation. And um, I, could, I think I could tell you what I was wearing that day. <laughs> I don't think, when I walked up, um, and again, you got to be careful with emotional things like this, but I don't know if my feet were touching the floor, <laughs> um, but I was met by the gentleman I referred to earlier, Bill Van Hoos, um, and, and he said something to the degree of, do you understand the gospel? Brian, what do you want to pray about? And I had confessed, things have to change. I need a savior. And we went through the, uh, a prayer. And I have the booklet still to this day. Um, it's got a little dove on the front. And, um, and again, things are happening so fast. Things are transitioning so fast that there's a, there's a, a amount of relief in what just happened. There's kind of some confusion in what's happened. Not that I didn't know what I was doing, but remember, 21-year-old kid, not churched, all of a, within a short period of time, I'm listening to God's word. I'm hearing what he has to say, and I'm responding in faith, recognizing that on my own merits, like I am not worthy to be called his child. Um, and there's a freedom in that statement, actually, because how many things in life is based upon your merits, who you know, who knows you and all of these things. And the gospel takes every one of those things and simplifies it and says, no one's worthy. And in today's day and age where everyone wants to find relevance in what they're doing, right? It's a breath of fresh air to recognize that. Yeah, I could live that. I could go down that path technically, but there's freedom found in the understanding that Jesus is so much better, so much there's so much more freedom. And that's the word I guess I would want to leave with you guys is, is what's the big thing that happened in my life at that time is, is I found a freedom that I can't describe. Um, I had mentioned anxiety and, uh, very much performance driven, um, kind of idolatry, if you will. Um, you know, if I get a good grade, then I'm good and I can relax. If I don't, now I have to muster up enough energy to do better, you know, like this just up and down and not that obviously God, God doesn't call us to do well and to be studious and to work hard. Um, but when your identity is found in something that's immovable, there's a freedom there, um, that a, a gentleman like myself, a kid like myself, which I believe we all can relate to, um, that slavery of sin and um, the approval of others and what are people going to think uh, Christ has given me a freedom to where I can kind of share my yucky stuff and um, I don't have to be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. um, 
A, because he he purchased me from it. B, no offense, you guys are messed up too. <laughs> you know? What? <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, Come again? Yeah. Right? So I, I say that because freedom. You know, I was enslaved to sin. I was enslaved to my own nastiness. Um, and when I put my faith in Jesus, literally pretty much overnight. Um, I know spiritually those bonds were broken, but actually the physical pieces of that, of rest and, uh, and such came into my life very quickly, actually. So I want to maybe ask you a little bit, you know, you had this moment in, out of your anxiety, in the midst of your anxiety, and you just had this question of, I think I need to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Maybe, where do you think that came from? What, like, I know some simple answers, bad answers, but um, I don't know. Maybe, mm-hmm. like, where, what prompted that? Um, Have you thought about that? Have you? I mean, I would say that. I think obviously the Holy Spirit is like, that's the hard part. He's yeah, leading yeah, you yeah. to Trinity. Yep. Um, but is was there stuff going on at home? Was there um, something about your childhood? Was there that was just kind of like, man, I got to go to church? Yeah. Well, and like I said, um, there was. I think God was moving in my family. Now, I have um, kind of a. I have a neat family story. I think, I think we all think that, but you know, I, I, I'm the offspring of my parents. Parents um, are some unique individuals. Uh, my dad's dad was married seven times. Um, my mother's side of the family. So I had my 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 dad's dad who was married seven times. Kind of a blue collar guy who didn't really run his household well and caused a lot of chaos there. My dad was a very rebellious guy who did not want to make the mistakes that his dad did and was going to work as hard as he possibly could in order to prevent those things, you know, uh, as best as you can. And then, so my parents would say things like, we had the perfect example of what not what of what not to do, but we didn't really know what to do. Sometimes my parents were my my mom was sixteen, my dad was nineteen when they got married. My sister was born, I think, ten months after from there. I I think there was a movement of the Lord in my family with my mom, her influence to where the. There was always an influence of Jesus in the peripheral, um, having even gone to, uh, they used to do this at Cleveland Crunch Games. It, it was called the Super Bowl. I don't know if, and actually Calvary Baptist, I went to it through Calvary Baptist when I was in high school. My buddy John Perry, his family used to go there where you would watch a soccer game and then there would be a message, you know, yep. and Pastor Joe Groff. You would go there. Yep. So there was... There was a, it's funny, there was a Baptist influence in my life for a long period of time. I kn- that's a very vague term, actually, but I never knew what that meant other than there was a, 
a parent need to have a relationship with God that through my life was shaped into going to a Bible-based church. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that was important. But as you look back, you begin to, all right, I see how I was involved. You thought nothing of it. Maybe just a cool event to go to. Yeah. But you had this presence of a church that you had connections with that even maybe in those teenage years or younger years, there were no quote-unquote fruit. Right. But that fruit came later and planted maybe that seed of, Mm -hmm. I got to go to church. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I think culturally there's a lot of things that influence too because, you know, um. For some reason, there was an apparent awareness that I had that Sundays were meant to be utilized in a way differently than what we grew up doing. Um, Now, to answer the question of why, man, that's a tough one, right? Because obviously the Holy Spirit was directing and guiding, protecting, preventing, and all of those things. Um, And so there was an influence throughout my life created a basis for which cognitively I made a decision that I needed to find actually a Baptist church to go to um, that was probably an incorrect conclusion based upon what I was hearing actually, but it resulted in the fruit that the Lord wanted because I could have gone to any Bible-based church per se, but the influence I had was Baptist. They were good, and that's what I was looking for on that day on County Road 232 or whatever. We're driving down the road, and I'm like, there's Ah, the church. Right. Um, And back to them, they were fantastic to me. They, you know, so now I'm, it's April. I've accepted the Lord. Uh, I'm now transitioning from the unsaved college kid life. And over in in a matter of moments, I'm a new creation, right? Uh, And so now I'm trying to. Yeah, how did that play out? Because I think you're finishing. I was, Your time there at Finley, right? Well, no, it was my junior, junior year. So you still had another year? Yeah. Well, and so I you know, I accepted Christ, and I can remember the day I woke up. And what was neat about this time is my sister was pregnant with my with Ella, my niece, who is the first granddaughter. And it was, so it was in a very exciting time. And so my rebirth spiritually um, occurs right after my niece being born. And so... I can remember waking up and I remember the pastor talking about, you know, when you put your heart, when you, when you put your faith in Jesus, uh, you'll be born again and you'll have a sensitivity to sin differently and such. I can remember honestly waking up and going, am I different? Am I different? (laughs) And it, it, it occurred when I went to go to use language that would have been the norm (laughs) and I went to say it and I could tell you it like shook me to the core where I was like, I, I can't say those words anymore. And not in a le- I wasn't legalistically yeah, thinking no. that, but it was, it was an awareness that while wow, there's something wrong with this and I'd been so callous to it before. And so a lot of the patterns in which I lived my life were now being unraveled, right? It's not perfect by any means, but being unraveled to then my junior year ends and I go home for the summer, and these guys are still contacting me over the summer, making sure I'm doing okay. From Trinity? From Trinity, yeah. Hmm. And honestly, part of me is like, why are these guys calling me? <laughs> like, you know, it's, I wasn't weirded out by it, but I, I didn't realize 
you have to remember, I grew up in a family where we were very independent people, friendly, cordial, but I didn't recognize my need for fellowship with people and people mm-hmm. to look out for me. And they were doing it and shaping me. Um, and, and so then throughout my college career, I attended that church and, and helped out with Awana. Um, and I'd be doing, you know, verses with kids who are five, six, seven, eight years old. And we're spiritually at like the same spot though. The funny thing is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the helper, but the reality is, is I've never seen this stuff, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, that was kind of the, the transition from unsaved to saved. And then how I see that kind of tying in is, you know, within a short period of time, um, and praise God for this is, um, unique circumstances entered my life, um, a couple years after, uh, with my mom being sick and, and things, um, that at times it was very difficult and, and by no means did I operate, um, righteously in all of those moments per se, but that's a tough challenge for a young man to kind of go through and thankful for our church family, uh, who bared that burden with me. Um, you know, God was preparing me to glorify him in the honoring of my mom. And I believe, again, not perfect, but I believe because of his strength, I was able to honor him in a way that I look forward to talking through those conversations. You know, So how, um, how do you see the Lord preparing you to care for your mom? Yeah. How do you see that? Well, I would say that, um, you know, Again, looking back to where I am today, you know, my heart, the flesh side of my heart can be very impatient and very harsh. Um, Some of that stems from, I think, just selfishness and some of it stems out of it shouldn't be this way. Um, Let's fix it. But you can't. Right. So I would that be the the kind of anxiousness, of course, that drew you to Christ Mm -hmm. or created that sense of void where, you know, your world, you talked about kind of things kind of crashing in on themselves, Mm -hmm. or at least that's how I visualize what you were talking Mm -hmm. about. And man, I need to go to church. That, that kind of anxiety that was crushing to lead you toward Christ is almost still there. It's it's funny you bring that up because as I was thinking through this and I don't know how to articulate this, in a better way but it's interesting how the the um introduction to christ and and those situations um at least in my life and what drew you in tends to be a part of the constant theme of your relationship with him and so you're exactly right the crashing in of this world and of our own plans and and this isn't fair and and i don't want to do this and all of those things but the difference, I think, is, and again, uh, hopefully, if we were to grade me over the years, you would see a difference and a softening and an awareness. And actually, I can say with confidence that the transition that I saw in my heart was instead of seeing this as a missed opportunity of something else, it was actually the Lord was giving me something that had I thought it from 
had I thought about it perfectly from a spiritual standpoint, I was able to help someone who I love dearly in their most vulnerable moments. Um, that's what I would want for her. At times, I didn't want it to be me, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, and that's hard. I mean, I'm still kind of unwinding from that. But when I look back, I praise God for every moment that I thought I didn't want because I got to like care for someone who like who needed it. Yep. And would so, you would you <clears throat> look back and say, I wish it was another way? I want it another way, or is there a sense that looks back at that and says, Yes, it was hard, but I wouldn't change it. So I think that I and again, you hear phrases sometimes from people and they say things in a very uh cohesive manner where I've heard people say to the, to the, the, to the degree of the Lord will work things out in a way to where when you see it, you will, even though it was hard and even though it was difficult, you will appreciate the way in which it occurred. Mm -hmm. I began to see, I began to see, um, I began to see how personal it was that the Lord put me in my mom's path at that time, and she needed that. And it started to... The, the thing that I would say that I, over the past 10 years that has really changed the most with me, and it's such an obvious statement, but people matter. I mean, it's so obvious, but like we can go throughout our days, I think in some ways unintentionally, but getting tasks done, but completing tasks is not a life, right? And if it is, it's a very lonely one. But I would say that some of my, you know, when you're going through a phase that you don't enjoy, it usually goes back to two things. The Lord showing you how much you need him and the Lord showing you how much you need to tell other people about him not necessarily bible thumping them but um you know i went through a period of time working at a previous place and i just did not like it uh, and not to sound like a spoiled brat but it, i was just over it i wanted to work hard but it was just done and there was years there where i recognized the lord's like love people here just love can you love, love the people here and, and build relationships with the people there because right the get the greatest the great commandment is to go out and to make disciples and through those periods of times where i didn't like what i was doing it took away the distraction where i started to recognize that in order to honor god i can go throughout my day doing things that need to be done and i can do it in a way that is obedient to that commandment or not right and so um, being someone who tends to be, I like to plan, I like to prepare, I like to see what's coming next. The Lord kind of broke me of that to a certain degree to where, first of all, if you think about trying to figure everything out, it's very arrogant and will actually drive you insane. But the Lord was like, just walk and obey me. And that's it, right? So rather than, Lord, give me the map, I'll know where I need to go. He's like, just walk and honor me. 
go to the grocery store. Well, what are creative ways to do that? Like go to the same person over a period of time, get to know them, you know, right? So I've, that's been encouraging for me because the mundane sometimes feels like a waste of time and it's not. And back to kind of my mom's situation as I look back at that and I got to participate in something that all things equal, I would never want to change, right? I, I would never want, I would want to go back. There's some moments that I'm going to have to, and I've, th- I've thought about this moment when I see Christ, when I see my mom, and I wonder, like, if I'll still have the same motivation that I do now because there's some moments that I need to apologize for. Uh, I don't feel condemnation from them, per se. I, I feel the Lord saying to me, you're pretty harsh there. And I'm like, yep. And so, um, no, I wouldn't change it. Uh, if anything, I wish I would have kind of figured some things out sooner. <laughs> but um, again, yeah. It's- yeah, God has a way of putting us on a path that he just proves himself sufficient mm-hmm. and of greatest worth mm-hmm. in our lives. Oftentimes a difficult path. Mm-hmm. But then when we find him to be all sufficient and of all worth and of surpassing worth, as Paul says in Philippians 3, then we can look back and be like, that's the path that brought me here. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change that path. Yeah, um, And that's not the way I think our world looks at things. Mm-hmm. And, um, who have been some of the, the people as you look back and, <clears throat> you know, you reflect on just how God collided Brian Reed with the gospel and, mm-hmm. and brought you to faith and how he's worked in your life leading up to that moment and after. Who have been some of the people that you look back and you just praise God for? Yeah, that well... been instrumental in that. Yeah, well, I think, again, you know, pastors, preachers, teachers, and, and th- you know, as they're, you know, the, the, the VBS I went to when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, those had an influence. I can't remember their names, obviously, but I think just preaching God's worth, word faithfully um, is something to be, to praise God for that there's people doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I... It's interesting. I, I am so thankful for the parents that God has given me. Um, I think we can all uh, look at our parents and maybe say, hey, some of these things should have been different. Uh, I look at my parents, and I'm thankful because I think my father would expect me to do that, even though he doesn't like it. But he <laughs> raised me to think critically and to not, um, not hold back from that, uh, to to not make the same mistake twice, if you will. Um, then I would say Bill Van Hoos, Aaron Butler were instrumental in that kind of transition period of the training wheels sort of coming off. Right. And then, um, the Lord provided people, you know, via radio and such during different periods of time, uh, which was good. Um, and then obviously my church family, you guys, uh, you know, Dave Anthony has been huge for me um, and just someone who, you know, the Lord has put people in my life who 
just a simple text here and there can be very powerful. Um, and sharing our burdens with one another, confessing our sins with one another um, is something that I've seen in my life to where oftentimes the challenges that I'm going through is often a part of the sanctification of process of what people are who are in that path with me. And so what I would say to a lot of people is like, man, when you're going through a trouble and and whether it's self indulgence or or whatever, uh, don't be afraid to reach out because there's blessing in that, not only to yourself, but to others. And there's a, there's an encouragement there. And um, it's kind of how God has designed the body to operate, you know, to not be alone. We're a part of a body. Uh, different people have different gifts and such, but we're all equal in the sense that we need a head, which is Christ. And then, again, so, so many people have, the Lord has put people in my path to help me, to protect me, to guide me. Um, and I hope I do that, right? I hope I'm a part of that. Um, but yeah, there's been, um, you know, men like John Jacobs uh, when he was at Grace, um, just someone who really taught me about loving people and how to do that, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of room for improvement still in this heart of mine, but yeah, it's been a journey. And um, maybe we'll kind of wrap this with what um, passages of scripture have become meaningful to you. Throughout this drill journey for you, yeah, I was thinking through that. I, so I remember when I was first saved, I can remember just seeing as kind of a detail person. I like details. Um, it can it can kind of drive me nuts, but I remember seeing the the beauty of scripture, and I can remember I think we were in John, one of the Gospels, and just pointing out to where you know I, I I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this, but. <laughs> where, you know, one of the um, disciples grabbed his net and Jesus said, grab your nets. And, and just the the intricacies of, of Scripture and, and what every word matters in Scripture. And so what the, the things that have impacted me most is, and this isn't just a shameful plug, but obviously just being at a church where our pastors, preachers, and teachers are proclaiming the word of God, like it seems like a pretty basic thing to do, but sadly it's not. And we, sh- we, sh- that shouldn't puff us up by any means. That right. should actually bring us that much lower to recognize a, we don't deserve it, but maybe how can we, because we're being fed, how can we shape environments that aren't? Um, remember, I mean, uh, there's, there's kids like me every day who, didn't get the opportunity to go to church. You know, mm-hmm. how do we, how do we feed into that? Um, you know, I, I don't, um, and me, you know, but so scripture that is usually when I'm studying has my most attention, obviously, and it's very influential, but books like first John, the simplicity, the profound simplicity of first John, um, the book of Ruth. I remember as I've my mom and I used to laugh. I would always laugh because she loved to read the Old Testament. And uh, it would actually worry me. I'm like, why do you read the Old Testament? You know, I'm like, Jesus has come. And like, so we have conversations, but reading the Old, and she would explain to me why she likes the Old Testament and the way that it's written. And, and I'd be like, why? You know, so I'd spend a lot more time in, in the Gospels. But as I've gotten older, enjoying books like Ruth um, 
you bringing up the other day, uh, uh, Malachi. So I've been studying that. Um, you know, Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not under the, thy own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Um, going back to Genesis and the simplicity of God made the heavens and the earth. So as I'm going through things, I can just go, look, I am not God. My default is to try and be God, <laughs> uh, shamefully. Um, and one of the areas that I'm trying to work on is to understand that God cares about my details. I tend to go, does this really, I don't think he, but God cares about those details. Um, and recognizing, and we all have this, that some of the ways in which I grew up influences how I see God and trying to reshape to see him clearly. Um, but good. Well, amen and hallelujah for God's work in your life. And, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you're, one of the reasons Grace is a great place, mm, yep. and uh, we're glad that God has you at Grace. And one of the things that uh, we'll leave on is that God also has a tendency of bringing rivals together, right? <laughs> yes. I think you and Ryan were uh, bitter rivals in high school, um, Norwalk and Vermilion, yep. and, uh, and now look what he's done. You're doing a podcast together. So that's right. That's a story others can ask you about at a yep. later time because yep. it's actually kind of interesting. It's <laughs> so. very funny. All right. Small world. Yes. <laughs> Big guy. So, uh, so, Brian, thank you again. Thank you. For spending the time. And uh, thank you for listening. And if you have more questions, I'm sure you know where to find Brian. Front row Sunday mornings. And he can answer all your questions. All right. All of them. All of them. God bless.